Hi, it's your friendly Gulag audio engineer. I wanted to let you all know that the first 10 minutes of this week's episode are unlistenable. We have our own Aaron Madison to thank for this. Now, we all know that Aaron isn't the brightest guy. I'm a dumb guy. <laughs> and don't we know it, buddy? All I am is a printer repairman. Amen to that, brother. At times, it's hard to believe he even functions out there in society. I, I couldn't believe how much I was getting. There's a point where, like, wiping hurt, and I was like, please don't. I, I don't want to shit anymore. Sometimes, the poor fella even pretends he's going to the moon. Space is the only thing, and I'm not an astronaut. I know what you're all thinking. Sad. Pathetic, even. That's all right, Aaron. We're going to get you to that big wheel of cheese in the sky someday. Who knows what the guy's future holds? I'm a wrench monkey. I'm primed to be recruited for white supremacist groups. (laughs) Well, whatever it is, fix your fucking mic before we record. And good luck out there, pal. And to the rest of you, thanks for listening. You are about to enter Zine Zone. The factor begins right now. And this is Tucker Dixon telling you how wrong you really are. Last time you questioned the numbers for the Ghost of Kiev because he went from 6 to 49 kills. Apparently, you've never heard of kill streaks. 6 kills and he unlocks the Precision Airstrike. 15 kills and he gets an EMP. 25 kills and he gets a Tactical Nuke. No wonder he did so well. This man is an absolute hero. You need to check your facts. Tucker, out. My name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. With folks here, thought about the of the madness, reason and the unreasonable makes us out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? That Tucker Dixon bit is so much more well produced than anything we do on this show. <laughs> Just, just wait till those tall tale songs come out. It's it's gonna be even even more impressive, I'm sure. I really doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I have serious reservations about that statement. <laughs> when they get done in the immediate future, definitely before episode 100. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron, you're you're on yeah. notice. 
That's, that's 11 weeks. <laughs> I, I just promised it. I didn't say I was going to deliver it. I'm going to make somebody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> I make promises all day. That's fine. <laughs> but also before episode 100. You can also call in and let Aaron know that you would love to hear those Tall Tale songs. Uh, at one eight thirty three six 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 nine eleven. That's one eight three three six 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 zero nine one one. I did finish Ooh, the close. Stephen Paddock that song. pause. The, finally, oh, oh my god! Did you get yeah. it recorded? No, but I no, wrote it. I okay. I sang it to you Josh like Jax verses. over uh, Signal. So <laughs> 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 that's how I recorded it. That was my writing it down, basically. All right, now <clears throat> now I'm jealous. It should be. It was good. It's a good one. All right. What do we have? Do we have any voicemail? Do we have any voicemails today? Yeah, but we typically play them at the end. We always play them at the end. But we can play it at the start of the show, like usual. (laughs) Boomers just need to realize that when you uh, ignore the round earth nonsense theory and realize that Earth is an infinite plane that hasn't been, like, pulled into a finite ball. That is just infinite opportunity for American exploration. And you know what's under all that land to explore? Fucking oil. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's the top of the land of parking lot. This is a dream come true. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to sell flutter to boomers. Infinity oil. I mean, we already have that, but why not more infinity oil? I like how he starts it. He he refers to it as an infinite plane uh, dropped down into a singular, like a finite sphere. And it's like, I don't you're going to lose boomers on that on that whole rendition. I think you got to stick to the to the oil. Just tell them limitless oil. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't think the geometry matters. Like ask a boomer to draw on a sheet of paper the shape of the, the country of Afghanistan and like you'll, you know, I'm sure get a, a varied number of responses. Um, yeah, the, the shape doesn't matter what you're trying to pitch here. It's just the just the oil. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to confuse oil. them and frighten them. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> By using big words like finite <laughs> and infinite, though you get, you gotta when you use the combination of, the, of both of them. Yeah, yeah, that that is pretty confusing. Practically paradoxical. Practically. So, Josh, right. you, you are presenting a topic tonight for us? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Bobby brings up a very good point, something we talked about before, which is uh, for a lot of these seemingly out there topics that we that we bring in, um, how do you explain this to a normal person or how do you explain it to a boomer with these uh, you know, preconceived notions, the old school classic uh, Democrat conservative um, you know, mindsets? How do you explain and convince them uh, that all this shit is going on or what like the significance of it all? I, so, I know the answer to this one, Josh. Yes. You don't. You wait for them to die. I think that's the <laughs> oh, that's the best solution. We don't hey, explain anything to the boomers. Unfortunately, uh, boomers these days, you know, is a, a general term to refer to not just uh, people towards their deathbeds. And uh, boomers also have a tendency of only getting a uh, double vaxxed. So they're not going to die like right away. <laughs> oh, thank God well. for that. I guess we better learn how to talk to him then. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not willing. (laughs) That's a line I'm not willing to cross. (laughs) 
Well, okay, this is a one-way podcast. We talk at them. But I want to pose this question to the both of you. How do you explain deep state to a boomer? JFK. Say the guys that killed JFK. They're, they're the deep state. That's how I would do it. Boomers love okay. JFK assassination. Well, it's yeah. just like the implication of everything surrounding that or what's... Uh, or All of it. It's how you get them into conspiracy theories. Half of them are like, the mob fucking did it. And the other, no, it was the government, the CIA. No one thinks that just there was a lone gunman. Not even boomers. Like, most boomers don't even think it was just Lee Harvey Oswald. Some of them, I guess, do. Like, super boomers. But you don't, you try to avoid them. Yeah, no, they're, they're, uh, they're gone. They're lost already. Anybody thinks it was just Lee Harvey Oswald? No. Come on. What kind of, what kind of deranged person comes to that conclusion? That's how I would. That's how I would explain Deep State. The guys that killed JFK. Okay. You, no, that's a great start. Yeah, Bob? Um, I would probably... Oh, God, I, I have no idea. Start maybe the, the moon landing. It would have to be the moon landing for me. Because they all love it so much. And I think if you like attacked it for them... No. They'd just you, be but they believe it too it. much. They hate you. They, yeah. just, they would kill you. They'd put, you'd burn you on the stake like a witch. True. Yeah. I, I guess like that's like the the most abrasive topic for him. Yeah, yeah. That'd be like trying to explain like why using the N word is good, like in the middle of like Berkeley campus. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Um yeah, I, I would have to agree with Aaron on, on that then. It it would have to be JFK because like even yeah, the boomers I've talked to, like JFK is a very serious uh they they go in depth with that. They go very. How would you do it, Josh? How would you talk to boomers? Yeah, so this is um this is something I've thought about or something I've run into where, uh, I think I think Aaron is onto something. I don't see if it applies to this situation, but I've run into both both personally and just like in general, um, you know, like on Reddit message boards and Google searches that when uh people are like, do deep states exist or what's 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 a deep state? Somebody just links the Wikipedia page for propaganda do, and that's it. They think that's enough explanation for what is a deep state or the fact that deep states are real. And uh, I'll just read the first couple lines. Uh, Propaganda do was a Masonic lodge under the Grand Orient of Italy. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Anti-communist, anti-Soviet, anti-leftist, pseudo-Masonic, and radical right. Um, implicated in numerous Italian crimes and mysteries, including the collapse of the Holy See-affiliated Banco Ambrosiano, um, a bunch Jeez. of murders. And, it, it, yeah, yeah, so, like, is, is, are these lines, uh, you know, ring, doing anything for you? I mean, it just sounds like the mafia. Isn't that how they always present them in, like, the movies? Like, they do, like, weird, like, initiation rituals where they, like, will burn, like, it's, like, always, like, tied in with, like, Catholic rituals in the mafia movies. Sounds like that, but they're Freemasons instead of Mafia. Okay, okay. Um, but like from from those descriptions there, and just seeing that the, there are some associations to, um, you know, bankers, Mafia, uh, high-ranking government officials, uh, TV station executives, journalists, etc. Does that constitute, or is that enough? Just the the fact that those are members or associated with this organization is that enough to call it a deep state? No, they have to run like countries they have to run yeah. countries from the shadow i think in order to be considered a deep state 
that I think that would be like my definition of deep state. Like, yeah, is there an organization that runs a country that doesn't officially run a country? And I would also have to like tie into that. Like, it would also have to be an institution within the country, right? Because like when I think of the deep state, I obviously think of like the institutions of like the like intelligence well, like say the yeah the fbi runs thing things and the president is just a figurehead something like that yeah yeah but i don't think it has to be within the bounds of the country because i think like i think it's literally because state you think in like the, the government and then it's just they're you know behind the scenes like they're underneath that all that shit like they you don't even know who's running it so, like, even, like, the Bilderberg group would be kind of, like, an example of, like, a deep state, in my opinion. Uh, remind like me who they are again. Uh, they're those, like, <laughs> bunch of financial people that get together in secret meetings. They're, like, like the 50 richest people in the world just get together and just, just hang out. and Nothing, you know, don't worry about it. They probably read club. books. Golf club. Yes. Oh, it's a golf club. Oh, very, Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that, that's um, that's something else I was thinking about in parallel to this is the within the states, the part of the, uh, part of the structure of the state and whatnot. And I was thinking, um, kind of in parallel, the World Economic Forum might be a relevant example where they have they're kind of associated with a bunch of high ranking people throughout, uh, you know, various positions of power and in various you know, you know political uh, branches and industry what and whatnot. Let's just say across the U.S. for now. Um, and they, they have a specific agenda. Can the World Economic Forum in any way be considered a deep state? I don't think so because they're so in the open. They're, well, that and I can see that being in the, the organization being in the open, though, and people that run that organization would be like the deep state that you don't know about. But I don't think they run things as much as they're like, no, they're a, a branch of the deep state. Run thing. Yeah, they're like they're a an, base of it. They're like a PR yeah. campaign for the deep yes. state. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Because <laughs> I'm going to do another episode on <laughs> Freemasons are just a book club. Oh, God. In case you were just as <laughs> Did we fall right into Josh's trap? Is this what, <laughs> why do I feel like I'm being tricked every time Josh why is presents? Josh, every topic Josh brings in is just how <laughs> the CIA is good for you. <laughs> hey no this one's the fbi is good for you but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute oh. okay. <laughs> yeah so, hey. so on a previous episode i <laughs> on a previous episode i had i had uh brought in or talked about how um the the relative minimal involvement that the freemasons illuminati had in the american and french revolutions back in the 18th century blah 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 um there's some uh the the whole role of the organizations is questionable and um, of course, they're not acting as states themselves because they're secret societies. But I found another fascinating example here that people online, at least, seem to really think is a, a shut and closed, open and closed case of what is a deep state. And reading on and on and on about it, I don't know that they have a case. So oh I'll God. go. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, Josh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sufficient data to to come to any conclusion, might you say? That's uh, one way to phrase it. Yes. Okay. I'm excited Here. to see how these people try to define it. It's going to be so stupid. <laughs> Our explanation on the spot is going to be better than theirs. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd say so so far. But uh, so 
just to give a little bit of history, the background of the order of events and the collapse of these organizations in Italy as, as they were found out. Um, the Something to be focusing on, the yeah, propaganda do, uh, this Freemason Lodge in Italy. But kind of coming before the big revelations there, there was this banker, uh, Michel Sindona, and he was, uh, between being a banker, money launderer for the mafia, um, and uh, doing some illegal combination of industry and bank ownership in America, and also being personal friends with Pope John Paul I, um, he, he was kind of the, uh, the first domino that fell in this whole situation. So that's kind of his whole background. He, he did that stuff. Um, and the, you know, FBI and Italian police were investigating him very heavily. And when they, and ultimately it was the stock market crash of 1973, 74 that ruined him because he stole money from the mafia and, uh, you know, they got their revenge, et cetera, et cetera. The, wait, the Pope did? No, wait, no, what? Banker. No, no. Oh, okay. The banker. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, I mean, he was laundering and storing money. He owned, owned banks. The mafia had money in and he was laundering money for them. And when he lost a bunch of money personally in a stock market crash, he just kind of skimmed off the top, uh, uh, you know, saw 30 million. And, um, yeah. 30 million was a skim. Uh, sure. I mean, he, he owned money. a, uh, yeah. Yeah. 1970s money. He, he owned a, a shit ton of banks. Like I'm sure that it, it seems like a skim from all that was lost in general. So for con, uh, for context too, this stock market crash was the wake of the getting off the gold standard. So like it was a big deal and uh, lots of people lost lots of money. But uh, back to the story, they was heavily investigated by the FBI and Italian police. And ultimately, what they ended up with is some one contact had one communication and mentioned to this guy, Licio Gelli, who is um, the grandmaster, whatever the title is, for the Propaganda Do Lodge. And a few years later, in 1981, they raided his villa and found a book with a bajillion names in it of all these high ranking people of this banker Sindona of some other bankers. And kind of that's what uh, the FBI and Italian police used to uncover their big conspiracy here. They just, uh, they found that all these people are associated and listed as members of this secret society. Very, very convenient. If you ask me just this by the, by the way. Okay. So hold on. So, Bankers running, money laundering for these people. He gets in trouble. He gets investigated. They find a book with all these names that belong to the secret organization. And it's the FBI and the Italian police, the Italian government, find this and are rooting yes. these people out. Exactly. Yes. That's where we're at right now. Okay. That's where we're at right now. <clears throat> I mean, the FBI and the police doing their job, it's already unbelievable. I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, no, they're just taking out the competition. Apparently, this yeah. is an unaffiliated gang, unlike the <laughs> FBI and the Italian government, apparently, who are partners in their gangs. Conducting mob business without the proper permits. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There, there's some interesting bits on that. But um, yeah, so kind of the, the next step or the next big thing is with the point-to-point uh, -point connections from this book of names, they're able to uncover a second banking scandal, the uh, Banco Ambrosiano, um, which is kind of the... 
the the Vatican's second bank, as in the Vatican had a, a majority shares or they're so the largest shareholders of this bank. And when this uh, <laughs> when the scandal came out and they, you know, uh, arrested or I guess the guy died. But when they arrested uh, the, the bank manager and found all the missing money. The, the Vatican was out $250 million in 1980s money. So that's like, that, that's how much they were invested in this bank. That just of the, of the, the over a billion missing, that much was Vatican money. I also love how the Vatican is a majority stakeholder in a global financial system. I never knew that. Uh, that's just, you know. Or it's they were, at thing. least. So th- this bank was founded in the late 19th century, and it was founded as a Catholic, as a religious bank. Like, imagine a Navy credit union, except for Catholics instead of the Navy. Like, that, that's the premise of it in the 1890s when it was founded. And oh, it went okay. on to have a very close relationship with the Catholic Church over the next, uh, you know, 90 years. Okay. Okay, so hold on. How are how is this getting to the point where the deep state doesn't exist? So the yeah yeah so um effectively everything surrounding propaganda do are these two major banking scandals, um, but propaganda do itself how is that involved? Like the the Masonic Lodge itself, what are they actually doing other than just one guy knowing another guy and these guys' names being on a list together? That's kind of the, the question I, I wanted to get into. And I mean, do you guys have any idea of like what they would have done in this situation or how they would have been involved at all? The, uh, just off the cuff, like the coordinated, uh, the coordinated um, criminal activity that they all are doing together that we only know like a very small fraction of. I mean, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? I have to build a whole <laughs> fictional story here. Yeah. Fucking you tell me what they're doing and I'll tell you if it's bullshit or not. All, all these all these guys, one of them we found out one of them is a criminal skimming off the top and he's hanging out with all these other guys who are all Yeah, so board, one Freemason is a nice. banker running this scam. <laughs> yeah, what it is other guy guys do, I don't know. You tell me the story and then I'll use my intuition to determine Let me if guess, they were doing more. They, they did a real thorough investigation and they found out no no more ties to these other influential people, right? Yeah, yeah, and then they went on to be presidents. <laughs> um, actually, the uh, the 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 ties exist, but when like the Masonic Temple was going under investigation itself, it was deemed it was deemed a secret criminal organization by the Parliament Commission uh, investigation. But even if no proof or specific crimes were found. That that's kind of the the part of the, part of the crux of this is okay. Do you have like, examples of the people in the Masonic Lodge and what they did? Anything they were even claimed to do or positions they held? Um, yeah. So there, were, the the couple I mentioned that the bankers um, in charge of big scandals, fraud, losing billions of dollars. Um, there was uh, a guy who later became president of Italy in or prime minister or whatever in the the mid two thousands. Um, there was a, a TV executive, so random propaganda, whatever. Um, there, here, I do have, uh, yeah, the, okay, the over 900 names, um, including 30 generals, 38 members of parliament, four cabinet ministers, former prime ministers, uh, intelligence chiefs, newspaper editors, TV executives, businessmen, bankers, judges, and 58 <laughs> university professors. 
<laughs> all in the same club. <laughs> yes. They just find this book that has all of these names in it of all these people. Just Don't conveniently worry. there. They investigated okay. themselves and they found nothing wrong. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Then yes, I believe that there were lots of crimes that they colluded on together. Based on that list, but a fucking I, future president and a I, bunch I'm pretty of sure one hundred percent of their time together was organized crime. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a thousand percent convinced of that. Like like they read true crime novels together and discussed who they thought the killer would be. It was it was seventy five percent organized crime, twenty five percent like uh hanging out on yachts. Like uh, that's what or cer- uh, like ceremonial rituals that like they kind of like had to get out of the way, and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's get this done, and yeah, then yeah. we can we can get down to business." <laughs> you know, let's do the blood yeah. rites. Let's mix our blood together. Do that thing. I got, uh, gotta appease those darn <laughs> demons. Yeah, and, and then we can start so skimming needy. off the top from every business that we're all collectively partaking in. <laughs> God damn it, Josh! You know how fucking open ended you left that story. I so I was like. <laughs> like, what do you think the other people did criminally? I'm like, uh, was it like a local chapter and like that top guy was like, uh, ran a construction crew? Oh no, it was a former, it was a future president and like a bunch of judges and yeah, yeah okay, cabinet members, <laughs> all politicians that all just hired each other. Yeah, okay, I'm pretty sure that that is uh, already it at the very least immoral. You're not you're just hiring your buddies at the lodge to run the whole government where you take people's tax money at what's supposed to be mostly elected positions and representing the people. Yeah, they're already not doing that by hiring all their buddies <laughs> at the Mason Lodge. So they're already, in my eyes, just corrupt. insanely corrupt. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're just nonstop doing crimes. <laughs> Josh is like uh, taking stock of his argument. He's like, "Wait a second, this isn't how it's supposed to go." <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. About to, were you trying to tell us that this wasn't a, an example of deep state? They literally I, ran the government later. Um, I was trying to see how many members of uh, of Italian Parliament there were to see like what percentage thirty eight was. It looks like three hundred twenty one in the the Senate. Um, yeah, but what was it back in the seventies? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, so they had like over ten percent of the government was just this crew. Uh, I, well, you know, like the the legislative branch, uh, one one house of that. Sure, <laughs> don't worry, just one branch, just ten ah, percent okay. control of a single uh, branch in the government. Because we all know how the separation of power has gone through in today's uh. Government hey, how systems. many uh, how how many senators or you know relatively placed politicians in the u.s were part of the uh, world economic forum young leaders program a fucking lot of them holy shit a lot. It, yeah <laughs> or how many of them are dual citizens with one country or <laughs> <laughs> or yeah well, if we weren't such close allies that could be a security concern but thank god or we're such close allies very close ties to apac yeah and then you just go oh wow isn't it great how much the world economic forum uh really prepares these people for leadership roles i mean they do such a great job right now so yeah (laughs) associates children like a fucking royalty like a royal class yeah nepotism that's the problem with world economic forum (laughs) god damn it josh all right um so so i i I want to address aaron's question a bit better too with uh specific crimes or specific events that 
the uh, Masonic Lodge is implicated or, uh, you know, that there are conspiracy theories about them being involved in. Um, so there's the, the takeover, new, takeover of a newspaper in the 70s. No, no big deal. Uh, oh, sorry, a leading newspaper, excuse me. Um, there's the Bologna Massacre. Uh, so 85 people um, died in this event. Um, there's the, the bank scandal, of course. <laughs> And there's something with there's another bank scandal. So like oh, another <laughs> oh, yeah, this, this one's a Swiss bank, not an Italian bank. So it's yeah, oh, no big yeah. deal. That's uh, okay. So like the but but despite all of that, uh, I'm going to first repeat the quote. Even if no proof of specific crimes was found, um, and then looking at the um, the Lodge Grandmaster himself, Licio Gelli, uh, he was charged with a bunch of these crimes, but. Um, the only one he actually ever, um, ever was convicted of was the, uh, what was it? Oh, fraud for some of the missing money from the bank scandal. But from what I could find, it was kind of a rough case or like not, not definitive at all. Um, but any other crimes, like nothing, nothing went through for him. They weren't able to tie him to anything. And then he had kind of all, all his buddies were in the government and one became president of Italy and a bunch of other ones were judges. Of course he wasn't convicted. I mean, and think- the bank manager was found hanged off of a bridge in London too. Right, right after all, everything came out. Yeah. It's like, oh. okay. So when we have senators in America that, uh, have a $200,000 salary and go in with a net worth of like 800 grand, and then they leave office with a net worth of like $150 million. Um, they weren't convicted of any crimes, but it doesn't mean that their entire existence wasn't <laughs> yeah. just financial crimes. Like, it's obviously, you know what I mean? So just convictions don't really even do that much for me. This is the most obvious example. Like, oh, no, everyone there was just exceptional and rise through their jobs. And just most of their apparently enemies of theirs were just hang- being hung from bridges. Yeah, you know, they're probably all all on the up and up. How many times have you gotten a promotion because the person ahead of you vying for the job was hung from a fucking bridge? (laughs) And that was a coincidence. Highly vetted secret societies people voted up. (laughs) And this is like a minor deep state, by the way. This seems like a they took over 10% of a government. Yeah, we we know for sure APAC has a lot more control over Congress and the Senate in the United States at, at at its current state. This is this is a very minor one. This is it's, real yeah. minor. Right now, there are like is a super majority of control of the United States legislative branch in our current no, situation, it, and so much. But there's more no than that. Like how many obviously. judges and shit are in, you know, in the pockets of all these people too? Like all the way down, even where you get to like just higher up public positions in like a city. It's all just a gang of people that all know each other. It's dude, they it's bad. Yeah, look at the scope of this. They planted a judge for the 9-11 cases to to force the victims to settle and to not go to court. They planted that judge, like the most like traumatic experience in our generation's like history. And they planted that judge. Like they what, control what was the value everything. of a human what was the value of a human life again, uh, for, for that settlement? God it, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm thinking like 175,000 okay. or something, 125. Something yeah, low. but that judge was he wasn't convicted of any crimes or anything, so he was probably Yeah. He no wrong probably doing. never did anything wrong. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> good, good point, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I also want to get to uh, just two more things. Firstly, that this Masonic Lodge did have a specific agenda as well. That's in the years after it's uncovering uh, the, the Grandmaster Alicio Gelli has commented on uh, there being progress made towards with politicians he knows in government. Uh, but it is the, the plan for democratic rebirth is uh, what it's called, this little manifesto. And it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a move towards uh, uh, right-wing authoritarianism. Um, what? But th- yeah. So, so there's, there's some interesting Wait, stuff here. No, yes. it's not. Here, is that, okay. this, that's, an, that's, that's a new editorialized. Spin on it. Yeah. Okay. No, no, uh, yeah. Okay. The, the it's three, a new age spin points. because hold on, hold on. I, w- I want to translate this for you real quick. So what that is is a new age spin of them telling you about this old group that was obviously doing like a shit ton of crimes. So some fucking blogger or some guy at a newspaper was like, obviously right wing because I need to make everything about today's propaganda, and they were. Clearly, a, a Nazi right-wing white supremacy group like that was their manifesto. But go ahead. No, the the right wing actually makes sense. So okay. the uh, the three the three points that they they list are the consolidation of the media, suppression of trade unions, and rewriting the constitution. But looking at like what they actually were involved with as well, they, this this grandmaster he for whatever reason he just bragged about being good friends with all these South American presidents and politicians as well and. Uh, some of his banker friends had some involvement down there, et cetera, et cetera. But, but this was the seventies in South America when the military, dic- military dictatorship, right-wing authoritarianism takeovers were happening. He he's, I, I would say he's pretty heavily, heavy implicated in some of that stuff. But so one, one, it looks like it actually was pro right-wing, but two, that's kind of also something the CIA was involved in. Why did the U S why did these, these, powers that be care about uncovering and eliminating <laughs> this secret society like what what like why did they fail that's because that's my that's big question their, that's their gig it was one secret <laughs> another society mob. the other yeah yeah they're, it's they're, another <laughs> the, the government is no different than a, like the mafia it's just way bigger in scope which is no different than a secret society that you're, you're trying to tell us are harmless <laughs> yeah yeah so the secret society is just trying to become the government like they were clearly trying to become the government and having some bit of success doing so and once that happens to the point where you're like oh wait these guys have 10 percent of our shit uh figure out everything you can and let's put them in jail and arrest everybody and steal other shit because we we want 100 percent of the government not 90 percent. that's bullshit that's how they get caught yeah i'm always wondering too uh with with some of these like Bank owner money going unaccounted for. Where where does one point three billion dollars just go? To other groups that can hide one point three billion dollars, like I don't know the fucking Pope. Like it was already involved. No, but in the the, a lot of this was the Pope's money. Like this was the where the two hundred fifty million came out of this oh, batch. Yeah, he probably got a tax write off for losing so much money. Huh? Two hundred fifty million. He has no idea where that went. Like that's how the shit like that happens. Like they, you know, the Pope lost. Oh no, it wasn't me. I lost quarter million in it. Well, you might have gained seven hundred fifty. Or yeah, quarter billion. <laughs> like yeah, well, there was another three quarter billion that's also missing. Was that? Did you know where that went? No, no, don't. I don't. I definitely don't have a billion dollars in untraceable funds now that it was in our. You know, 
it I'm not, you know, I'm just saying a possibility. I have no evidence of that from the story, but it's just like a big, a group like that. How many groups can hide a billion dollars in 1980? I don't know. The Pope's one. He was pretty much a one. He wasn't even one step of separation from it. He was directly involved in that. Yeah, they, they did. The, the Vatican did a very good job in the midst of this scandal uh, getting themselves uninvolved so that they wouldn't be investigated at all. It's really, it's really funny. Yeah, they don't allow themselves to be investigated. They're too powerful. Go fuck yourselves. We're actually our own country. Yeah. Wait, but this was Pope John Paul II, like the good Pope, the uncorrupt Pope, the one that we all love, right? Yeah, that, that one. That one. Yeah, he like he he ended the Cold <laughs> War personally. <laughs> With a nice firm handshake, I suppose. Thank God. <laughs> yep. And then we went to the moon. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm confused about something, Josh. Uh, yes. Not a single part of your story has alluded to the fact that these guys aren't, that secret societies aren't up to no good. Like, this makes them sound horrifying. So what part, What what is your argument that makes this not a giant scan, scam or scandal? So ultimately, when I was, I was reading up and trying to find the roots of each of the problems... I wasn't able to find any specific action related to the secret society itself or the um, like any of the even even with some of the banking scandals and all of that. And even like their agenda, is it actually getting furthered or like what was the what were they doing with it back then? Or were they just a club of people involved and all of these people just happened to be criminals and the secret society just, you know, whatever. Okay, let's let's put it this way. If just our cabin group where we go on vacation, we decide that we're a secret society. We're the order of the cabin. You, you guys did okay? this, you know. We hold meetings <laughs> and we become the order of the cabin. Then you're just running uh, it in, a bunch of people die that were runners up for positions that we wanted to hold. And we all got the positions we wanted to hold. And everyone in the group rose as a group and became wildly successful. We had a governor. Uh, none of us ever got uh, convicted of any crimes. We all got unreasonably rich. Snacks. One person got so powerful that he was able to skim just the, just a little off the top, $30 million from somebody because he had access to so much money that well, he, 30 he million lost 40 million. Skimming. So he was still he was still out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he had access to 40 million at one point. Um, and just and that was what the order of the cabin became. Just this group of just uber successful people. And then everyone went, Wow. What were the conclusions? Here's the two conclusions. Oh. They got together and figured out how to prop each other up and and by any means necessary uh, take out their competition until they were all wildly successful. Or B, gee, what a coincidence that every single person in this group was just wildly talented and successful. What? Wow. Look at what hard work and just a little roll up your sleeves and a little bit of elbow grease and look what you can accomplish. It's the American dream. Like... <laughs> convictions doesn't have anything to do with it it's just the wild unlikeliness that an entire group of people like that is successful to that degree a lot of times in elected positions so they also had just the most charismatic people that the people are like yep that's who i want <laughs> to represent me we need to vote those guys in 
Yeah, yeah, the ones that do like pen, weird pentagrams and a bunch of ritual. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guy in the robes. Yeah, I love him. We need I mean, to get he's that great guy at spreadsheets. from that weird Masonic lodge. I mean, <clears throat> Aaron, it is the, the option B is plausible because of our highly vetted or, or vetting process. Yeah, you chose I'm a bad example. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this could all boil down to just how good their vetting process is. You know what Top I mean? Notch. Like the it, one group can't be that successful by chance. Yeah, it's called. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it, it comes down to the question too, where like my my brain doesn't process the is it like does it matter that the organization is not incorporated and in committing all this fraud as an incorporated organization, or like does the fact that um, all these people associate and meet each other through this central point uh, that has has an over over um, arching agenda that that's the point that is the secret society and uh, conspiracy and deep state in and of itself but you're using things like official convictions and it's like those groups are so powerful they can take over who has the job of handing out convictions well yeah, yeah that was just punishments that was just one which one, you explained they literally of, did yeah. they literally had judges in that group like they had control of people that decided if the conviction was oh just or not Okay. No, that's that's fair. That's uh yeah, I, that that was that was really, you know, one piece of evidence in the larger I couldn't tie anything specifically to this grandmaster Elisio Gelli guy. But you 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 might you might make a point or Yeah, the <laughs> fucking oh, amount of coincidence you have to believe in <laughs> to believe that that was all in the up and up because there weren't convictions. Once you have part of that group is a bunch of judges or like prosecutors, then convictions doesn't matter. That's literally a conflict of interest if you're trying to put together an argument for that you can't like oh the police aren't corrupt they never the, the police are the best drivers they never get speeding tickets oh awesome argument our government is partially transparent and it's still the, like the most absolutely corrupt thing on the face of this planet the, these people operate in absolute secrecy josh if they were above board they wouldn't be operating in secrecy they would be at least a little bit transparent about their their objective their intentions their criminal activity <laughs> i mean it's the whole it's the whole nefarious part of it yeah yeah no secret. i think that's what annoys me about this is that i don't have the story of the secret organization like i have the point a to point b to point c to point d d for you know Nixon getting rid of the gold standard to the stock market crash to the the uh, the banker losing money and skimming from the top to the the being associated to the other banker to that billion dollar go billion dollars going missing to whatever like th this is this huge logical progression but there's just no story there there's no point A to B for the secret society itself and that's what Gee, I wonder me why off. Josh they took over a fucking newspaper you already said so yourself. Oh, there wasn't a story about how bad they were? Wow, what do you know? <laughs> what an indictment about current journalism you're bringing up here. I, I don't know. I, I hear the New York Times has the best journalists in the world. I would think they would have jumped on this and given us the real story about their intentions. Yeah, it's just we've been trained into thinking in metrics, though, for a lot of things where it's like, well, was he charged with a crime? It's actually, I gave, already gave the best analogy. It's like, just because cops don't ever get speeding tickets doesn't mean they're great drivers. Like, it's not a good metric to use if they're the ones in charge of giving themselves the speeding tickets. Obviously, they don't have any. Like, so now we got to use a different metric. And, 
you know, think outside the box a little bit on how to figure out the answer to that question. You know, it's yeah. And and the new metric is how much are they willing to divulge of what they're doing, which is zero. So I'm just going to my suspicion level is already at at max peak. Once once they say that, it's like, oh, you're not going to say. Yeah, I can't prove it. But I (laughs) I at this point, you have to prove to me that you're not a criminal, like not (laughs) the other way around. Yeah. So, so do you think with this? Or yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Do, do you think with this this whole outline, this whole series of events and uh, suspe- various scandals, frauds, crimes, and implications and whatnot, that you kind of lay it out to a to a normie, to a non-conspiracy person, and that they'd be convinced of a deep state actually existing in Italy in the seventies and eighties? Josh, I can't get them. I can't <laughs> convince them that a that. The, the seasonal cold isn't uh, the the Black Death. So, no. I don't think that there's that no hope. of anything. Uh, there's no hope. They think Nixon called the moon on landline. Like, <laughs> 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 there's no revelations on, uh, revelations on your side there, Josh, about... After doing all of this research, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for for the. I mean, I, I had to be, I, I had to be convinced by you guys. So like, okay, that's, uh, <laughs> I like how you're just like, nope, nothing suspicious here, no convictions, <laughs> open and shut. There's every literally everything around it is suspicious, but the, Josh, the core we live of it in a world. itself. We live in a world right now. You're talking about convincing somebody that no convictions doesn't mean that they're a secret society. We live in a world right now where we have a Supreme Court justice saying she can't define a woman because she's not a biologist. That's a fucking Supreme Court nominee. I I, sh- I agree completely, entirely. We should hire specifically oh, scientists as politicians and judges because they know best. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's quick on the that Technocracy one. <laughs> is here, everyone. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we still prove the secret societies are fucking yeah. horseshit. And, and thanks to one, one of these days, one of these days, I'll bring in a Freemason lodge that's uh, completely above board and uh, above reproach. Yeah. From this point forward, I'm just going to vote for Steminist uh, for every election now. <laughs> thanks, Josh. You've convinced me <laughs> for a brighter oh, future. <laughs> Good job, Bob. Yep. All right. You guys ready for my wonderful, upbeat, very intriguing topic? Always. Okay. Intrigue away. I'm going off the the same kind of, um, from last week, the the theme of it, uh, the Agenda 21 or the Great Reset or the the brave new world order that we're about to get. So everyone remembers that that (laughs) video from the World Economic Forum that says uh, millennials they'll they'll own nothing and they'll be happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah well, of course. <clears throat> that message apparently came a little late. Uh, so, <laughs> sixty <laughs> minutes just did uh, th- their most recent episode. They did this kind of like expose on the housing market, the housing crisis. Of course, we have a lot of homeless people. Uh, we have a lot of people that need housing right now in America, and housing prices have skyrocketed over the pandemic, which is fucking insane um and but one of the biggest problems is that there's all these like multinational corporations coming in and 
buying cash money all of the houses that are going on sale right now. And it's it's getting absurd. So they're, they're going in buying cash. They are outbidding everyone. There was a guy that they interviewed on the 60 Minute Show that said uh, he's sent, he, he's done, I, I think, nine offers on nine different houses. And he's just a normal guy that's just trying to buy a house for like his family. And he got bid before, he got outbid before uh, his offer was even received. They had already closed the deal with, a multinational corporation and sold it out from under him. It's, it's getting to the point um, where let me pull up this, this clip here. So they talk about the, the cash buying incentive in the housing market. In the third quarter of 2020, just more than one in five homes were all cash sales, but a year later, it's more like one in three. And in some cities, it's been even more dramatic, like in Columbus, Ohio, the Phoenix Metro area, and at the top of that list, Atlanta's Metro, with nearly 70% of homes being sold for cash. So currently, that means like there's no normal people going around buying homes yeah, for wait, cash. When they say right? cash, they just mean like they just front, here's $300,000, give me the home? Yes. Yeah, it's not okay. through a loan. It's just, here's the money. Yeah. And so they, they actually, to sort of counter this, they have set up a kind of like... Um, a home mortgage cash buyout option where you, you go to there, there's like a middleman in your your um, mortgage buying process. So the company will buy the house for you cash, put up cash for your house and then uh, write you a mortgage and sell the house to you almost like immediately. So a middleman. So I, I have a less intimate relationship with the bank that uh, well, they become your bank. Essentially, you've just taken out a loan from them. Oh, so yes. it's like role play. Yeah. So it, it does like this weird, like it goes from the seller to this like uh, this like company and then you buy it off the company. And that's like the only way people are getting in on that. But so if you would assume that 70% of like properties in Atlanta right now are being sold for cash, I don't think the, the process I was talking about that's helping people uh, is very prominent there. So I'm just assuming 70% of all home sales are being sold to international corporations like BlackRock and shit like that. And so they actually bring up this guy on the 60 minute show. Let's, let's listen to this. This is about their, um, their overall revenue increase. Gary Berman is CEO of Tricon residential, a Toronto based company that has quietly become one of the largest owners of single family homes in the United States. So today, we own about 30,000 single-family rental homes across the U.S., largely in the Sun Belt, and we've got probably about 75,000 people living in our homes. You are a multi-billion dollar company. You're publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Correct. And the- Toronto Stock Exchange. Toronto Stock Exchange. I even read in one of your own documents that your revenue went up last year by 67%. Is that correct? Yeah, we're expanding. I mean, when you think about it, we have an incredible amount of demand for what we do. So, Leslie, in any given week, we might have two or 300 homes available. For renting. For renting. Wait, and we get about 10,000 leasing inquiries a week. We have incredibly high demand for people living in homes. Yeah, we yes. know. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, you I know like what? I hate I hate to say this. I hate to say this so much, but this is again, you know what? I don't hate to say this because I'm right. The <laughs> yeah, left, like being right. The, like the left wing people are right always on this one. have no, they have they always pick they see the problem first. They really yeah. do. And then their solution is fucking retarded. Like it's always like <laughs> their solution is terrible to it. It's like something. Yeah. It's like so we should just give all the government the houses, and then they give it to us for free. And you're like, oh, no, when, no, 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 no. When you Hold see on. those ridiculous like anti landlord like forums, yeah, yeah, by the worst like people the, imaginable. Yeah. Yeah, but this is like this is what they're talking about. Landlord. This is like the yeah. actual destruction of America. This and is it, the problem. This is a huge problem. You know, it's even like like it's so sick the way that he des- decided to describe his business in that sense because he's uh, what was it? She brings up that their profits went up like 65, 62% in the last year. And I was like, well, the, the demand obviously went up because people are in dire straits. So the demand, the supply didn't really change too much. Not too many things got built. The demand skyrocketed and their revenue skyrocketed. So this just means like they're fleecing desperate people out of money. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were operating a country properly, you'd be figuring out ways to promote it so that each family could own their own, own that house, house, whether through go- they'd have like a government loan or something for that house. And then their mortgage would be about what they pay for rent. And in yes. 30 years, they wouldn't be destitute because they hadn't just been a lifelong renter for 30 years. That's the kind of system you'd want to set up to, you know, if you were running a country that you were, I don't know, trying to have a nation of somewhat healthy, stable, you know, civilian population. But we know that that's not the case. Here's a hypothetical question. Uh, like, how, how good of home can you buy for approximately $200,000? How much what? How, how nice of a home can you buy for approximately $200,000? Totally depends on where you are, but let's just say where you're at in Buffalo. Where I'm in Buffalo, amazing. Yeah. You can be a yeah. great house. Where you I buy am, a that's, double. That's straight ghetto. That's <laughs> that's straight ghetto where I am. You can you could buy a you could buy a double in like a not the best area of town, but like like it would be like uh, ghetto adjacent, and you could literally rent the upstairs, and it would pay your mortgage. Like it would be like it would. Say it would change your life for every dime you made. You could save, like that's how good a two hundred thousand dollars house would be here. Whoa, whoa interesting, whoa. interesting. Now, now, now. Oh man, I, I, I'm just wondering. Like, does the government ever give out two hundred thousand dollars loans? Like, maybe ones that aren't as good of investments that they could be putting towards this student loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Student loans. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a scam! Fucking hell. <laughs> Medicare payments, you know, that's how they that's how they loan out that amount of money. Okay, that, that, that's my bit. We you end can, up paying, go but never, never for to to make you as a civilian financially independent. No, 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 no. We don't do that. Well, it, it's getting so bad that um, what was it? Uh, the investors that are buying these houses cash from Toronto, like this company, right? fucking a random like Canadian company they're buying it cash and they don't even look at the house they don't send a representative down they aren't even 
retail agents aren't even doing open houses anymore. People, they don't even paint them. They don't even put fake furniture or fake food in there anymore. They literally take some, snap some pictures, put it up online, and then they get an offer like within 24 hours cash. That's like 10% higher than what everyone else has offered. And that's how a house gets sold now. Right from under your feet before any normal person, any normal family could even just know of its existence that it even was for sale. Yeah, because these companies literally are operating with infinity money. Yeah. And, and like this, like we mentioned, this isn't the largest the co- largest of these companies. BlackRock exists. I think some of the banks have been investing in houses oh. as well. Oh. Like, hold on. Are, are we getting into that? I got a clip or, for that. Oh, okay. Tricon <laughs> is trying to buy 800 houses a month. And there are companies even bigger. Invitation Homes owns more than 80,000 rental houses. American Homes for Rent, close to 60,000. Some of the all-stars of finance, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Blackstone, have put hundreds of millions of dollars into these companies. They all offer rental homes online and all focus on the Sun Belt. A single company, 80,000 homes. The second company, 70,000. The first one that we mentioned that, we, that I first brought up, 35,000. It's fucking absurd. And they're not offering a single service. There's no service they're offering. They're just, hey, you can live here for more expensive than you should. Yes. Uh, I'm wondering, too, about the Sunbelt look. Is there any significance to the, the Sunbelt location for all these houses? It might be insurance purposes because not a lot of like natural disasters happen out there. Mostly it's okay. all very consistent weather damage. It's not like a big thing, like maybe a monsoon, but everything's like already designed to account for all of those so, things. Yeah. Especially the first you know, decade of ownership or whatnot. They can just skimp on actually yeah. taking care of the house. Okay. Literally, okay. Yeah. Like bare minimum expenses to keep that thing running. So, and uh, Bob, how how does um this affect the value of the other houses in the market that people are actually buying? Like, cause there's limited supply now, effectively, right? Yes. Well, it's skyrocket. It's it's uh my house has gone up like a fuck ton since I bought it, just like like a year and a half ago, basically. It's gone up like a hundred and forty thousand dollars since I bought my house. Just like. Wow. Yeah. Like it's at, but it's like if I sold it, I could make a, a shit ton of money, but I, I would have nowhere to live because I I wouldn't want, I would have to wait out for like the bubble to collapse or like the market to go down to buy any, because I, I wouldn't come out with any money. I would have to downgrade to pocket any money out of that or like really hard. I mean, why, why pocket it when you could invest in crypto? True. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> Sell your house, buy $100,000 in lottery tickets. Uh, <laughs> the, the the other 40,000 into Bitcoin Doge <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's 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 coming true the World Economic Forum didn't warn us about it they were late to the game and telling everyone exactly what was uh, what's on like the precipice of happening at the moment so yeah I mean but the thing is this is going to happen where all these companies like let's say like it, that's why they always write these dystopian, you know, future novels where it's like five companies own the world and they're always vying for power. And like, <laughs> it's just going to get to the point where it's like, oh, I, I'm, uh, BlackRock owns every house in America until people are like, 
no, no, you don't anymore. We, <laughs> right? No, all, it's it's just our house. We're not paying for it anymore, and go away. I, like, I feel and like if you don't, we're gonna literally murder you. I feel like the sixty minutes episode should have been where people started waking up and acknowledged that, and it's been like. Well, this is a very negative thing for the country, for everyone's futures, and for like generations to come. Very negative. We should stop this immediately. But the sixty minutes like video was just like, oh, this is this is just so great. We're so impartial. We have no yeah. They're, they're meeting, meeting a demand. Yeah, there's just so just, many renters out there just looking for a place to live. You know why though it won't be received that way in the public? That because the boomers that are like, I bought my house for a nickel and a song. Like, and now it's worth a half a million dollars. And you're like, I'm going to cash out. And th- they're, they're the first persons to ruin this country by selling it to to those companies for a marked up fucking price, fucking over everyone else in the next generation. Yeah, well, they're like, yeah. And then like, yeah, I, I don't want to lose that. That's great. Why? Just buy a house like I did. Just, just buy a house like I did. Just pull up your bootstraps just like I did. Look what happened to my yeah, house value. Like- I had a two-year mortgage for fifty-five hundred dollars, and I bought this three-bedroom house. It's like, oh, cool. Even with, you know, even with adjusting for cost, is like, okay, you bought your house for a tenth of the of the value that you would have to buy it for today. It didn't go up in value. It's shittier than when you bought it. But somehow it's worth a half a million dollars now. And you think that that's because you're so smart. Okay, cool. I love it. And um, this guy wraps it up. So these are like the the fucking insane people, just like the guys from last episode. These fucking insane, very wealthy, very out of touch people that are making these broad, like, uh, statements about what the next generation wants basically. Tricon's own presentation to investors says, quote, home ownership is increasingly out of reach. In our portfolio, the majority cannot buy a home, cannot afford to buy a home, or don't have the credit to buy the home. So, for example, they may have student debt, or they may have medical debt, and therefore they can't qualify to get a mortgage. And if they want access to a single-family home, which we think is incredibly important, this is the best way for them to obtain it. I think if you asked a lot of millennials, and that tends to be our primary resident, um, they would probably tell you that they don't necessarily desire to own a home or to Mm -hmm. own a car. They've grown up in the sharing economy, and for what's important to them is lifestyle, right? And so if they can move into this, what we call a turnkey or hotel-ready home, and have a low-maintenance lifestyle, that's very compelling for them. Very compelling. So what's happened to the American dream when we used to say that, it meant owning a house. What's the American dream now? Well, if we think the American dream is is embodied in a suburban home with a yard and, and a white picket fence, then I think we're making the American dream much more accessible. Rent your American dream. You can rent the American dream. <laughs> that is, if you can afford the rent. <laughs> 60 minutes. J- Josh was like, Josh was not handling that clip well at all. <laughs> It, well, the, the car comment too. I'm thinking about like the dozen zip cars within two blocks of me, and for for car, you know, non ownership. Totally, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> there is, there is so no other uh, dude. I'm telling you, the fucking Boogs Rail idea is so good. Yeah, right. It's 
There's not much of another option. Dude, it's so bad. We're going to be next, fighting Next investors Zoomers. meeting, Aaron, just play this clip and our money's in. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. When we get Boog's Rail set up, it's going to it's gonna turn into like The Walking Dead. We're going to have like 10 foot, uh, 10 foot fence like at the perimeter and we're just going to be shooting Zoomers that want onto the property. <laughs> like, we yeah, want land. A thousand percent. <laughs> Just because there's less guns there than like the Blackrock uh, village down the road that has like armed <laughs> security with tanks, and turrets, and shit. Yeah, <laughs> sniper towers. Yeah, like you can, you don't have to have food. You can rent all your food. And be happy. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely fucking psychotic. We don't. Oh, okay. We got two millennials on the show. Me and Aaron. Aaron, do you want to own a house or car? Sorry, Josh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously, okay, yeah. I don't want to rent anything ever again for the rest of my life. I don't want to rent anything for the rest of my life, and I don't want to have a mortgage. I want yeah. to own, even if it's this, just a little fucking plot. I live in a yurt. I don't care. <laughs> if I can get out of a fucking Your yurts are cool. mortgage. Oh, yeah, I'll live in a yurt. All right. Josh, as a Zoomer, what do you have to say on behalf of all Zoomers? Oh man! On on behalf you love of your city lifestyle, <laughs> Ooh. isn't this so appealing to you? Have you ever used one of those zip cars, Josh? I have. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Is it's it worth not owning anything and renting for seventeen hundred dollars a month? Is that no. is the zip car experience worth that trade in? <laughs> no, it's not. I like uh, I like immediate access to a car that I like driving. Um, you know, <laughs> all the time. Dude, that's literally how bad their sales pitch is. They're like, yeah, but here you have zip cars. I know your rent's $3,500 a month. And you live at the bottom of a sewer in uh, New York City. But zip, zip cars. <laughs> Fucking insane. Aren't you happy? Like, no, all of my neighbors speak Chinese. I don't know what I hate this place. I'm, I've never been lonelier. I have a rash that I'm pretty sure I got from <laughs> the rats that sleep in my bed. Like it's, yeah, that's terrible. I hate it. Well, the the rats can afford to pay rent. Rats, that's high grade protein. You can't get a place like that in the country. <laughs> Not out the maggot farm. That's it's black black market protein. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> that's not even synthetic protein. Don't eat it. That's bad for the environment. Man, just the, the idea of having some level of self-reliance and ownership and freedom with this thing I have is magical compared to this terrifying nightmare that this 60 Minutes guy is going on about. Yeah, yeah. Where they, It's really unsettling watching every... Uh, you still you put it the best. Where it's like all these... There's all these systems that are out of your control that you're just watching fucking spiral into a magnificent collapse like the proportions of which you can't even quite fathom and you're like i have to get away from some of this or i'm going to probably die like you have to become psychotically outcome independent to be able to like live happily in, in that existence right to the point where it's like your own life like the outcome of your own life is independent of your happiness at that point that's yeah the, kind of like the, it has to be like you have to get to that level because I mean they have go ahead 
But the, I think the outcome of my own life is figured out since they renewed and just like that for season two on HBO Max. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right. I mean, I'm 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 horrified at all of this, and most of my happiness is not outcome dependent because if it was, I'd probably fucking kill myself. Yeah, but I'm talking about a different threshold there with, with that. There's this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like you know heading into the apocalypse. Type. Yeah, to, to be happy in this world, you have to have a certain level of outcome independence with, with your like worldview. I think. Like, I think all of us on the show are pretty like outcome independent at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I have to be. I have to just laugh at the fucking yeah. ridiculousness. I think anyone in who has a sense regards, of humor like, has I'd... to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I have life goals, but, you know, I try to uh, uh, I try to keep them achievable or, you know, something things outside of my control. It, it's yeah. outside of my control. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're heading towards a fucking crazy dystopia that most people do not realize we're heading towards. And it's good. Gonna... But I think there's one thing that might be able to save us. And that's science. There, there we go. You need to know what science discovered. You need to know today. Whether it's face or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Okay, I have a surprise for you guys. Okay, I, I'm this very excited. Yeah, it's along yes, with oh the God, future. Yes. I'm so this excited. It's along with the future so perfectly. For the future, Dude, really, I won't even own my own body. Be happy. You won't. You'll. You'll literally be nothing and be happy. Oh God, I love it. <laughs> I'm ready. Humans could live 150 years in the metaverse if they just upload their brains to the web. Eternal life could be within our grasp thanks to new digital technologies, as long as you're happy to leave your physical body permanently and become a living app. Claims one Russian billionaire. <laughs> I. Uh... I don't like how you. they I don't like how they phrase it as if they just upload their brains. It sounds like there's some sort of compromise here. I would like to think that this is an all good solution. Look, all we need is human participation. <laughs> 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 like, we got the science down, guys. We just need you to accept If you just the... participate, participate, yeah. god damn it. <laughs> Sign the contract. Dude, I swear to god, it's like it's almost like uh you could people will be lining up for this by the way it'll be like this Come is join the metaverse and you'll be watching people literally just like walking to a guillotine and putting their <laughs> like they go to a guillotine they put their neck down and you watch it chop their head off and you're like what happened there like oh he's in the metaverse now next and people <laughs> I mean, are like me i can't wait yeah it'll, me next it'll, it'll look more like one of those like like an airpod but just like human-sized <laughs> Hopefully they'll find oh, a way God. to just disintegrate you so it looks like they beamed you up like in Star Trek. That's what they'll that's what they're aiming for. <laughs> it really just fucking explodes every particle in your body in a different direction. But they're like, oh yeah, he's in the metaverse now. Don't worry about it. You know, you know, uh, you know, they, you know what wait. they say, like life after fifty isn't really worth living. Oh, right. God. No, what are you talking about? Men peak in their fifties. <laughs> but this is like a copy of a cowboy bebop bebop episode. Do you guys remember that one? They had one where they uploaded, there was like a cult. It was religious in, in nature. And they were just like oh. killing people and uploading them to the like a computer, basically. Yeah, well, yeah. Bebop, you mean Black Mirror? Uh, <laughs> where's my soundboard? 
I hate you. <laughs> so, okay, you know how I've always said like that, like, or I haven't always, but I've, I've said a lot le- recently is how so many of these like really horrifying things beyond our imagination is all because it's like <laughs> fountain of youth stories replaying themselves in real life. Yeah. Where like, especially with like, just get all the abortions and sell the baby parts to us. And we'll figure out how to suck the marrow from their bones and live forever. And you're like, okay, that, you're a demon now. Um, <laughs> as long as it, you this had, is like an baby extension parts. of that, dude. This is, this is totally an extension of that. Even in the article, it's for centuries, humans have looked for the elixir of life, a way to stave off the effects of aging or even extend lifespans by decades. Thanks to new AI and metaverse technologies, we might finally be getting closer. That's at least the view of one Russian billionaire, Dmitry Itzkov, who believes people will one day be able to live forever. Itzkov, who made his fortune with a Moscow-based media company, Oy vey, is part of the 2045 initiative which aims to eliminate aging and even death and to overcome the limits of the human body. Dude, I can't even imagine how many how many people this guy has murdered like in weird underground science experiments to try to extend his life. Like he literally argues that artificial bodies will appear by 2045, which will allow people to move out of their old bodies and into new ones with the help of the internet. Like these people are fucking delusional. They don't understand how far off this, this technology is and how they haven't done any of the shit that they claim that they might be able to do in the near future. So, Okay, quick question, because I, I think it's a scam, but the only way that it might be passable for, like, this guy honestly believes that he's developing this technology. Um, it, w- was it a science news website, or w- what website did you find this on? Uh, this was... So this is on a Substack, but it's originally from the Daily Star, is the article. Okay, I think this is a scam. I think this is a scam to, like, get, like, those, like, crazy billionaires that are absolutely terrified of death like they're such egomaniacs that like they're like oh yeah i could i could find the i can find the solution i'll i'll pay for a solution like i think he's just scamming terrified billionaires that are too afraid to die because they have no humanity Dude, what's what's crazy is that like they say things like what well, you could upload your brain to the metaverse but it, and then live for 150 years why does he think it's 150 if you're a fucking app yeah. Do they shut the app off after 150 years? Like, what are you, what are you talking you, about? Yeah, can't you just go to a different hard drive, like transfer yourself to a yeah, different hard drive? Yeah, can't you just do that in perpetuity now? Like, yeah. wouldn't entire people's jobs just be to curate this fucking system so they have backups? This is like a, a collaboration of like three sci-fi um, like shows Not that most. I've seen. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But God. it's beyond that, like... Oh, it's so stupid because this is how I used to believe this, that the way that we solve mortality is you download your memories into a computer chip. And then if we can have a computer chip that can act like your brain could access the memories on a computer chip, then like you're matrix style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just fucking your memories are on a computer chip. You grow a new body. You unplug the chip. You fucking pop it in the new one. You, boom. You're you. You have all your memories. You are your memories. And that's how wow. I thought. But it's like, it's all fantasy and they don't, it, you know, they don't realize it yet. But these people with like billions of dollars in funds, 
You you ever get like where you're thinking, why do these people need more money and power? I don't understand. They literally could. They're not even enjoying their life because they have to grab more power. And it's because of that. They see the finite aspect of their life and they literally want like another billion dollars to start another lab that kills enough babies to get them immortal. Like that's the level of depravity that these people think with. So, Aaron, I found this other Daily Star article talking, going over this interview with Mark Zuckerberg on the topic. Uh, so, like Bill Gates, Zuckerberg wow. runs his own philanthropic project, in his case, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. Explaining his motivation behind the $59 billion charity, Zuckerberg said, It was an intentional decision to not focus our philanthropy explicitly on longevity or living forever. It is focused on what I think is a possible goal in this century, which is to be able to cure, prevent, or manage all diseases. By That's, euthanizing people. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, in, in this century, a possible goal, oh. cure, prevent, or manage all diseases. I would just like to point out that... I like how he says, or manage. Like yeah. He just wants to manage. He wants to be oh, the wait. manager for That's all That's what diseases. we're doing now. That's what he wants. We, we're managing diseases now. I, I like to point out that like every story throughout all of human history that if it's a story about someone trying to cheat death and to get to the fountain of youth, it leads to absolute horror. Like the, the most horrible outcome possible <laughs> happens all the time. Every like time. That, every time. <laughs> and because it leads they to a road of damnation. Yes, because it's like the ultimate sin to try to cheat. No, it's not even. The reason it's the ultimate sin is because every time it's done with mountains of bodies and it's futile. Well, yeah. <laughs> it it it's insane. Yeah. It, and it's they'll do they'll stop at nothing because if once you if you believe in your heart that you can become immortal with just enough science, there is nothing that will justify you not trying. True. Nothing. Yeah. You you lose all everything is on the table to achieve that goal. If every if ninety percent of the planet died, but you got to be immortal, they'd all hit that button because in a hundred years they made the moral choice because now at least one of those people is alive. Them, they. If it wasn't for me doing that, everybody would have been dead anyways, including me. Now more people are alive. You you can make your twisted argument how you made the moral choice by doing that. I can probably share this gift eventually. Like that's, <laughs> I'll sell it. Saves the world. Was I for myself? I'll spread it to. Sell. They're know, not going to share. Sell the gift. At first, uh, eventually they'll even trick themselves in thinking they'll spread it to everybody. But the, it's. I mean, they have eternity on their hands. Why not? And then they just die, and they killed a bunch of people. That's all that happens every yeah. time, and they create man-made horrors beyond all of our comprehensions. <laughs> that's yeah. That's always Which is the why outcome. that's always a sin. <laughs> A thousand percent. Yeah, that's that's why Zuckerberg is specific, intentionally not focusing on living forever. Uh, Just have one thing to say. (gasps) Thank you, science! (laughs) Thank you all for listening to episode 89 of OK Hear Me Out. Have a good one. Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. You've got mail. What the fuck? Also, I respect your opinion and whatever else you said about me.